Hello and welcome to episode 132 of with Henny and Sandy. I, I'm Sandy. <laughs> did you just say I am Sandy? I, I did. And then I was like, and this is Henny. You can't see her, but she is there. I am here. I am here. <laughs> you can, they can't see you either, actually. <laughs> you, know. you know what, Sandy? I just want to start with this because I thought this was kind of fun. So last week we posted on our Instagram story some like annoying like little changes that people find annoying so like you know one of those changes being like an ios update do you find that annoying or not i know some of our listeners absolutely love an ios update but i know that others find them really annoying but one of the things that we posted in the story was like, what is a like a change that you find really, really irritating? And there were a couple of answers that people gave that I thought were, were kind of fun. So my sister-in-law posted, I hate when brands change their scents or flavors of their product. And mm. then she wrote, example, the smell of Tide. And then a sad face. So like, apparently tide changed its smell i don't i don't know but i don't know but i can appreciate that that when you're used to a flavor of something or a scent of something and then it changes that is definitely annoying and then the other answer that i thought was a really good one was um actually mila responded and she said when you have to change your password oh Yes. And I was like, yes, absolutely. That is so frustrating. And sometimes, like, sometimes you just have to change a password, like, after, you know, whatever. It's been so long since you even logged in that you have to just update the password, whatever. But, like, sometimes you have to update the password, like, every 90 days. But then it's like, not only do you have to update your password every 90 days, it also can be no password you've ever had before. Yeah. Plus, it has to be like between this number of characters and this number of characters and an uppercase and a lowercase and a symbol and a number. Yeah. Or like, sometimes it's no symbols, but only numbers. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Crazy. There was a time when, and that... I don't know why I don't have to do this anymore. Like they magically changed it, but there was a period of time with WW that not Mm. only did you have to, like not only did you have to change your password and I'm not talking about a member, I'm talking about like the the service providers in order to get into our iPads. Not only did you have to change that password every 90 days, but you couldn't do it yourself. So you had to phone customer service and they had to change it for you. And I'll never forget the, and like, first of all, when this email came out explaining that this is what we had to do, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I do not have time in my day to be calling customer service every 90 days so that you can change my password for me. But anyway, I remember the first time I called. And I got this guy, and maybe I've told this story on the podcast before, but I got this, you know, very friendly guy on on the other end of the line. 
And he was like, hey, like, blah, blah, blah. How can I help you? And I'm like, well, I'm calling because I need to get my password changed. And he's like, okay, like, uh, I can help you with that. And so anyway, so I'm like, okay. And so he's like, click, click, click in over on his end. And so he's like, so what did you want to change your password to? <laughs> and, and I remember thinking, like, on one hand, it doesn't matter. Like, is there any sensitive information that I have that like I would be uncomfortable sharing this password with this young man who's like on the computer mm. on the other end like no but at the same time like I feel kind of weird like yeah in a password and telling him what it is anyway so I so I remember the time I was like well like <laughs> what password do people usually use yeah <laughs> And he's like, oh, he's like, well, I can give you one. And I was like, okay, great. And so he was like, okay, he's like, I'm going to make it like whatever it was. Like, you know, I don't know. It was like, welcome. Yeah. So 2019 or like something like that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but like, it was, it was such a strange experience. I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> anyway, all that to say, yes. Having to change your password, very annoying. You know why it's very annoying? It's extra annoying when it's at a time when you do not have the time, and in my case, the patience to do it. <laughs> and that is all the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to like think about when would there be a time when Sandy would have the patience to go through the rigmarole of changing the password. I'm going to guess never. Do you know how many passwords have ended up being F off? 99. <laughs> oh exclamation. No, I can tell you that is honest to God truth because I just got so annoyed because either it wasn't good enough. Your password is not strong enough. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, strong language. Will that work? <laughs> No. Okay, so should we just dive right in? I think we should. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, we were t we were sort of teasing the book, The Shift, by mm -hmm. our. Uh, I was going to say our dear friend. He's not our dear friend. We want <laughs> him to be our dear friend, <laughs> Doctor Gary Foster, and uh, and so we. I had my copy and Sandy's copy was in the mail and it was all yes. very exciting. And so we have now both started to read the book. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to do maybe a series over the next three weeks of talking about the book in chunks. Because I feel like there's enough in the book to unpack that we don't need to do the whole book. And I feel like we're going to do it a disservice. If yeah. We like a little brush over the whole book in one go. So today we're going to talk about the first two shifts. Yes. Does that sound if, good to you? It sounds great. Okay. And if you don't know who Dr. Gary Foster is, he's the chief scientific officer for WW. Correct. Whose whole life has been, his whole, um, sorry, his whole professional career has really been um, about, um, He's, he's always worked with people um, with weight issues, 
um, um, researching obesity, um, a lot of trials, and he's written, I don't know, 250 um, journals um, on the subject. Yeah, so so he, 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 he is, before working for WW, it wasn't like he was put into a position at WW. He was actually chosen specifically when, when the, uh, the program needed a shift. Yeah, and it's interesting because, and you get a, a sense of this in the introduction to the book, but uh, I, you know, I just from having heard him speak and from having, you know, some, some knowledge of some of the things that he's written as well, I know a little bit about his professional history and he talks quite candidly about at the beginning of his professional work, working with people with overweight and with obesity, that his thinking about what the problem was and what the solution was has changed over time. Yeah. Right? And, and so, you know, and, and, and it's, it's interesting because sometimes he even sort of gives you a sense that like, there's an, there's a bit that, that sort of wishes he could go back and say things differently or, mm. or offer a different idea because at the beginning of his career, the thinking was not the same as it is now, as far right. as uh, mindset, behavior modification, mindfulness and all of, and, and, and this, the real, the psychology behind weight and weight mm -hmm. loss um, and not just the physiological piece of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he seems he was quite passionate um, about helping to educate just the general population on the things like the the stigma and trying to remove the of you know anyone. Um, with obesity uh, mm -hmm. or over being overweight, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, let's dive right in. So, mindset shift number one is shifting from "I must be tough on I must be tough on myself to lose weight" into "I must be kind to myself to lose weight." And so this chapter is all about embracing self-compassion. And so, Sandy, I know I can see your book is covered in sticky notes. So what do you have from that chapter that you want to get us started with? Well, now I've got to find that chapter because I had sticky notes from before that chapter oh. started. Wow. I mean, we can backtrack and you can <laughs> <No>. <laughs> tell me a little bit about that, too. I'm so I'm so you know, curious to see if you've flagged some of the same things that I have. Like it's 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 really going to be a fun little game right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a fun little game. Okay, well let me just I'm gonna go back a little bit before that. Okay, back um, up. Go for it. Because I think that what just as I was reading, the thing that really kind of struck me was just the um the how he presented the concepts his thoughts the words that were used were different than what 
you what I've seen in other like within other books like as I was reading I was like oh I really like the way that he positioned that like I mm. like the way that that sounds that sounds that sounds different than some of the things that have become really cliche you know okay. um just even just about managing your mindset instead of changing your mindset oh yeah yeah right because you need to it's not always just about the change, but it's about managing it because you're going to have, things are going to happen and you're going to have those same thoughts, but you don't always have to change those thoughts. It's just right. managing when those things happen. So that was one thing that I had highlighted yeah. that I, yeah, mm. I like that. Then he talks about just changing your thinking in the service of losing weight. In the mm. service of losing weight, what is that? I've never seen that. Like, uh, and you're like, you know, like, yeah. But those are the types of things that when you can start thinking differently about, it's it's actually it's it's a disservice to yourself when you're not taking care of yourself, when you're not eating well, when you're thinking, you know poorly when you all that and then you just switch that around to you know in the service of losing weight and improving your wellness it says does not require your whole life to be unpacked reworked and monitored yeah. I love that yeah yeah I mean I think he gets into this further in the like in the first two chapters that we've read but it's yeah. a real sense of feeling being being in a situation or being in a moment where you feel like you would like to make some sort of a change in order to improve your health or in order to improve your overall wellness or in order to lose weight or all three Mm. It's not a case of where I am right now is wrong and I need to make it right. Where yeah. I am right now is a problem and I need to solve it. Like, And I think that's what I'm yeah. hearing you take from that sentence too, that, that it's, it's not about, you know, monitoring every aspect of every, you know, of everything you do yes. and everything you think and everything you uh, you know, even everything you eat, like it, it's not, a, it's not a surveillance system. It's not, nor is it a complete overhaul. Yeah. It's just thinking about what is it that I could do differently? How is it that I could think differently that's going to help me sort of shape my my way of life a little bit like a in a way that is going to serve me right yeah I also took from that is like it's not it isn't everything doesn't have to be done once it's not a mm. whole unpack you know it's like you didn't decide that you were going to clean out your closet so you took you know and we've all done that we take every single thing out and then we're just like oh my god the same Disaster. thing happens yeah. right you you start off with great intentions of, you know, meticulously folding things, putting them into a color-coded this and that, and then you realize how long it's going to take 
Will I be able to continue managing that? And then at some point you're just like, this is good enough. And then you just throw the rest of the stuff back in. It's the yeah. same thing that happens when we try to make too many changes yeah. that are so far from our norm and yeah. whether our norm, our norm is giving us or, or, you know, if we're getting, if we're feeling good about ourselves and about our life with the things that we're doing right now, it doesn't mean that all of those things need to be adjusted. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like starting off with certain things and then seeing how it goes. And some of the, the other things that in the beginning that you're okay with, maybe things that you do end up changing as time goes on, but they mm -hmm. don't all need to be done. Mm -hmm. That's a great analogy of like emptying absolutely everything out so that it's all like laid out in front of you and something needs to be done with it all. Like, yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, I've done that before as well. Like whether it's my closet or like cleaning something or whatever, where I'm like, okay, like I'm going to do this. And then, and then you start by, <laughs> you start by like, the the complete overhaul and like after an hour you realize you've made zero progress and <laughs> yeah. and then and a bigger just, mess and then yeah. you just sit on your bed and cry you know like <laughs> like that is pretty much a guaranteed if you're looking for tears from me that's a guaranteed way to get them he <laughs> <laughs> talked about seeing ourselves in terms of our value and I was just like, Ugh. this is not, and, and here's the thing, all of these things about the shift and what, anything that's in the book, it's not just about weight loss. Mm -mm. This could be, a, these things are, can be applied to any aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that the power of it is that once we're open to learning and recognizing that our thought patterns, their triggers, there's triggers that are for eating, there's triggers for our emotions, there's triggers for reactions, there's, I mean, reasons that we do things and and how sometimes we tie those and to how we feel about ourselves. But I, I liked that it was like my value and is thinking how infrequently I would have ever thought that Maybe what I had to say had any value. Mm -hmm. My position within a, a group of people might have value. And then he talks about a value our body as it is. Mm -hmm. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> uh-huh. Valuing ourselves because we are worth taking care of. And yeah. I think that's, me for, that's like the core of why why I need to be aware of the things that I do, of the people that I have in my life, the way that I've I have allowed what other people's feelings or what's going on with them affect me and how I feel about myself. And mm -hmm. so like I was like, oh my God, I'm only like ten pages in and I was like, mm. yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes you know these things, but you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you know them, 
but when you see it in print, it feels different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or you you hear it or read it in a different series of words, you know? So like yeah. it's something that you knew, but maybe you'd never seen it or heard it in exactly that way. And then it just yeah. hits you a little bit differently. But I do have the I do have the feeling that this idea of really recognizing who you are and recognizing that you have value just as you are. Yeah. And that your value doesn't change when you're body changes or when your behaviors change like like the person that you are yeah um is worthy of the same things whether you you know like the width of your hips or you're unhappy with your weight or you you know you know, have extra long toenails, you know what I mean? Like, like whatever it is, right? Like, yeah. the, like none of those things impact the fact that you are worthy of, of taking care of, that you're worthy of, of being valued and appreciated and loved, that you're worthy of, of loving yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, so I get the sense that the entire book is that has that flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is nice because that's the most important thing. Like I love that this first chapter starts with him saying, like, you know, I go to a WW workshop and I ask yeah. people, like, what's the most, what, what's the key? Like, what's yes. the key to real like success with weight loss and weight maintenance? And you know, and he's like, and people give me all sorts of answers. Like, and I'm sure yeah. you, if you're listening to the podcast now, you're thinking about you know, what's the key to, to weight loss? What's the key to weight maintenance success? Like, you know, and people are probably thinking like, you know, lots of activity or like, you drink know, water, vegetables, drink the yeah. water, you know, like, and, and, and Dr. Gary Foster says, no, no. He's like, the key is self-compassion. Yeah. Like the key is recognizing your value and your worth as a person Mm -hmm. and being understanding yeah. being aware of of what's going on around you and and how much you can control and manage and yeah. and and also being okay with the fact that not everything is going to go perfectly yeah and i think as far as this first chapter is concerned that's what i loved the most was that he he had a real like a real lovely and and long explanation of really what he understands self-compassion to be and that it's not just i love myself you know yes oh, you know like like yes. and i mean and i and i don't now that that comes out of my mouth, it feels like I'm making fun of people who do use mantras like that like and and I think in a certain I think for some people and in certain circumstances, it can be very powerful to to have affirmations and mantras where you do remind yourself that you have good parts of you or that you sometimes even that if you tell yourself enough that you like something that maybe eventually you you will learn to appreciate it. Right. But 
but I think for a long time, I thought that self-compassion meant that I needed to love everything about myself. And so then it felt like a real catch 22 because I didn't love everything about myself. And so, so then it felt like this weird cycle where it was like, okay, so you're telling me that if I want to lose weight, I have to like everything about myself. But the thing that I don't like about myself right now is the fact that I weigh over 300 pounds and I feel as big as a house and this is not great. And like, but you're telling me that if I don't like myself, then I'm not going to be successful. And like, and that was a real like mind warp for me that it was like, but I also in general, I mean, I wasn't happy with the size of my body. Yeah. But other than that, like, I was pretty content with things, you know, like, like, I wasn't, I wasn't super unhappy with most things about my, my, about my person and, and not even about my body. Yeah, but, would you, yeah, but there's a difference, honey. Would you say that you were more neutral towards it? Yes. So like neutral is like, it's, I don't even know if neutral is a feeling, you know? Yeah, fair. And so I think I understand what you're saying. And I know that sometimes what we take neutral as is like, no, I'm okay with it. But, but are we okay with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good point, Sandy. You know? And so I I feel the same way about self-compassion that it's like, you really need to do some like reading about what it actually means and yeah. find a definition that you can understand and it resonates with yeah. you. Otherwise it feels just like you said, it feels a little, it feels a little hairy fairy, Lucy. Yes, it feels a little hokey. And it also, you know what I think even more is to me, it feels disingenuous. Yes. I'm going to say the word um, is disingenuous. No. Is that right? Yeah. Like it feels not genuine is what I'm going to yes. go with. <laughs> you know, like it, it feels like I'm saying something because I've been told that this is what I need to say, but I don't actually believe it. Yeah. And like, and now I'm like lying to myself, you know? Yeah. And so, so the simple definition that is in the book is self-compassion is self-understanding plus kindness yeah so you know so so dr foster says truly to be self-compassionate it means that you are understanding of yourself of your decisions of your behaviors of your environment of your stress of of your stresses of of all these other factors about you Mm -hmm. and your life and that you show yourself some kindness particularly when things don't go the way that you thought they were going to go or that you expected them to go. Exactly. And so, so I think the other thing that happens with this idea of like showing kindness is I think sometimes people feel like, okay, but is there a point at which I'm being too kind to myself such that yes. I'm not like doing what I need to do and making the change that I need to make. Right. So like, where does, where does 
like I would argue, I think that if you if you're falling into that category where you're making excuses for yourself under the mm-hmm. guise of kindness, you're yep. not actually being kind to yourself. What you're doing is making excuses. Well, and and so but like, isn't but doesn't that isn't that where the self understanding fits in? Because you need to understand what it is like you, of yourself. That, yeah. And what you actually truly need to be successful and to make a shift and to be kind. Like, what does kindness and, and self-compassion mean to you? I think, mm-hmm. I think that that's, I think that that, that makes, that makes sense to me now. Because I also, I mean, I have never, I've never been the person that has been like, it's okay, you've tried really hard and you didn't really do it. So maybe next time that, that is, I've never, that's not my self-talk. Like that's Mm -mm. never been my self-talk. My self-talk, it's always been the more negative type of self-talk. Okay, so here's a question. So that's never been your self-talk, but what about your talk to other people? Huh. Yeah, it's. Because I don't think that like, in my experience yeah with you that's yeah. not the kind of talk that you would give to me like like you yeah. like I, I can't see you saying to me oh that's okay you tried your best no 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 but yeah but honey here's the thing is that you and i very rarely talk about yeah how each of us are doing which is a weird kind of thing i don't know if we've actually ever said this on the podcast no. because it's only been like in the last <laughs> year that we've really kind of even and it's it's so bizarre because of all the other things that we would talk about. And it just seemed to be, that's how we met. A lot of yeah. our conversations are wrapped up in this, but don't get too close to, don't get <laughs> too close to it with each of us. <laughs> we don't know whether we can go there or not. You know, I mean, I, that's on, that's on me. I think no, that's a hundred percent on you. Yes, it it's, is. It's, no, I it's don't a, think. Yeah. It's a hundred percent on me because, because you are, you are far more open with what's happening with your food and with your weight with me, like you're open with me with that stuff. But I think you're, for, you're more open with it in general as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you will talk to me about like, what's going on like and if you feel if your weight is creeping up or if you feel like your weight is creeping down or if you feel like things are working or if you're making changes you will tell me those things I mean sometimes you talk about them on the podcast but you'll tell them to me just if we're talking too Mm. I'm the one who doesn't say things yeah but I also don't say other personal things that are really bothering me though Henny is like as soon as I do she'll be like yeah everything you know she'll be like (laughs) She'll tell me what I needed to hear, but I didn't want to hear. Right. Yeah. And that, and I'm always hoping that maybe there'll be a different answer and it's never. And I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, so, but, but 100% when it, when it comes to like our conversations about like our own personal, uh, struggles I guess with with weight I mean it's it's on like I'm the one who doesn't say things Mm -hmm. and and when I don't say things because I mean so here like here it is obviously 
um, when the pandemic first hit, it was like a jolt of like strangeness and being at home all the time and not being out and about and having a wonky schedule and getting into some really poor eating habits. And so in the first few months of the pandemic, I gained a significant amount of weight, what felt significant to me. And then it was like, okay, like finally sort of through the summer, like got myself like back, you know, eating the way that I wanted to eat and, and being active the way that I wanted to be active. And then when the school year started last year, it was like, again. And so through the entire school year last year, my weight was slowly, slowly, slowly going up. And it wasn't until like the beginning of the summer that, you know, I finally fessed up to you because I mean, because I had to, because you were coming to Canada and you were going to see me like in person. And so I had to say something because clearly I was, you know, 30 pounds heavier than I had been before. And so something needed to be said. Um, But yeah, like it's, for me, it's, in the moment that it's happening, when I find myself getting in, like falling back into poor eating habits, because that's always what it is. Um, and by always, I mean, if my weight is creeping up, it's because my eating habits are poor. Mm. Um, when I find myself doing that, I'm, I'm too almost like in this sort of weird haze where I know it's happening, but I'm trying to convince myself it's not. And so I'm not even really in a, in a place where I can even talk about it because I haven't figured it out myself. And then, but, but what are the things that you're saying to yourself? Because that's really about, is it like self-compassion? Like are, there has to be some sort of a dialogue that you're having like I'll get it next week I know the yeah I'm trying to think the dialogue is almost like (laughs) I mean it's not that it's self-compassion but it's not that it's like being mean to myself either (laughs) what it is denial what it is is denial and not helpful. Like what okay. it is is like, oh, like this is fine. No one's noticing. This is okay. Like you're doing fine. Like this is or but I will do the like this is the last time you're doing that. And then it's like this is the last time you're doing this. This is the last time. Like so okay. I do get into those kinds of spirals. But this is what this is so so finally this is where I'm going with this whole big story is finally sort of towards the middle of June, the end of June of this past year, I was like, okay, like enough is enough. Like this is, this, it had been long enough for me to realize like, this is not where I want to be right now. And now we're heading into the summer and I'm, not feeling super comfy in my body and I'm not feeling great because what I'm putting in my body is not great for my body. Like it was like, this is the time to, to fix it. And so, so I, I was finally able to sort of like get back into those great habits that I was feeling really good about. And it wasn't until I sort of got back into the, into the swing of things 
that I that I then the negative talk starts. What? So it's like then oh. I then I'm feeling because then I start feeling better, and so then it starts to be like, well, why did you do that to yourself? Because look uh, how much better you feel now, and so it's uh, all interesting. That's the pattern of my thinking. So like, so it isn't until my body starts feeling better that that then I start berating myself for what has already happened, you know? But, but and so, but what's interesting, Henny, is that, can you imagine, if that happened to everyone, people would just stop making the effort because they wouldn't want to feel like that. So I find that really interesting that you do that and that, but you still stay motivated because yeah. you've been really motivated. Yeah. Yeah. And, super, like since, since the middle of June until now, and now it's the end of October, like super motivated and like feel like feeling like myself again. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and that is also like a really, it's, it's almost shocking to hear that come out of my mouth to say like feeling like myself again, because because this is a new self for me, right? Like, yeah. like let's let let us not forget that I lived thirty plus years of my life, yeah, <laughs> not like this, you know. Yeah. And so, and so to to recognize at this point in my life that, you know, that that eating well and 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 moving a lot although that was that was something I always did but especially like just like fueling my body with good stuff and like you know with with vegetables and fruit and 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 not junk is really the because I I always ate the vegetables and fruit that the difference yes. is like leaving the junk out or or limiting the junk like it just feels so much better that that I do I feel like this is me like this is the person that I am and this is this is where I'm much happier yeah yeah and uh, I mean I I my I, I mean I've I can tell you that myself in the last you know month and a half two months I've started to feel like myself because I felt I haven't felt like myself for a long time. Yeah. And mine has not been see I it's what's interesting is that I've not returned to what I had grown up and had always done which would be the eating part. Like yeah. the the bad food. For some something is almost gone completely the opposite way for me like where yeah. it's like I'm aware that that's what can happen. And so I work hard for that not to happen, that I don't go into that, but it just makes everything else is really yucky. Right. Like I just feel like yuck, you know? Yeah. And so I've done, made a couple, I've done a couple of things in the last, you know, six to eight weeks. One of them was going back to the chiropractor because I was just physically not feeling very well. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd, but I'd have to say that even just a couple of days ago, I said to Phil, you know, I've really started feeling better. And I said, I know that it was like, as soon as I even went to the chiropractor. Yeah. So whether you believe in chiropractic care or you don't, I mean, it's a completely personal thing. Yeah. I've had very experiences with it. Um, and the, I think the practitioner make, is, is really what makes, makes the experience yeah. what it 
you know, good or bad. Even other things too, right? Like if something isn't feeling quite right, like whether it's uh, chiropractic care, whether it's physio, whether it's, you know, whatever other sorts of care that, you know, massage or reflexology or like whatever it is that, you know, just to make things feel better. Yeah. And I've gone to uh, a therapist, so I've gone twice, which I've never done in my life. And I think the combination of all of those things, I can actually like, I, I've in the, it really felt good and felt happy. I think that's what it is, you yeah. know, instead of, yeah. instead of, you know, just feeling like miserable yeah. and, and wallowing in that. Yeah. Misery. Yeah. Yeah. You know, putting yeah. on the, putting on the face when I need yeah. to, but of course behind the scenes, you know? So anyways, yeah. there you go. Just some confessions yeah. from. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the, the title of this episode. <laughs> Hashtag confessions. I mean, the thing is like, yeah, I mean, that's, these are yeah. the kinds of things that are at the forefront of your mind when you're reading Dr. Foster's book. That's right? exactly, well, that's exactly <laughs> it, honey. It's it. That's it. It's like, for me, with what I'm doing now and what's happening, and I'm reading these things, and then I have out, uh, you know, other thing, other people outside who are giving the same messages or yeah. inviting me to think a little bit differently. That's yeah. when you start to be like, okay, it's not just one person who's getting paid to say these things to make yeah. me feel better, which is what you can. You like I meaning you. I can tell myself, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't like I don't like you know someone blowing smoke up my butt. You know. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I, and that's why, like, circling way back to something that you said earlier, like you said, you know, I'm not the kind of person who would say to myself, like, oh, that's okay, you tried your best. Yeah. And that's why I asked, like, if that's the kind of thing you would say to other people, because that is not something you would ever say to me. No. <laughs> Um, but, but I don't even think that's someone, something you would say in general. And I mean, my students will tell you that is not something that I say to them either (laughs) because I feel the same way as you. Like, I don't need someone, as you say, blowing smoke up my ass. Like I, but I also don't need, um, critique and judgment. Like what I need is compassion. I need understanding and I need kindness, but I need genuine honesty too. Exactly. Yeah. And we need that. And we expect that of our friends, yeah. but we need that from and to ourselves as well. And that's really what the chapter is all about. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That was got way off track, but it was good. It's okay. It was I good. brought it back. Brought Thank it back. Thank you. You're, you're <laughs> the queen. You are the queen of that, honey. I mean, it's, think. it's my day job. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so there, there was one, there's okay. one example that he's giving and it was what, um, because throughout the book, he actually discusses or showcases people's personal experiences 
and and so in this instance he was speaking to to someone that he had been working with and the person this woman had had talked about one event it was going to a wedding or and that she had had like three pieces of the pizza and she'd had two drinks when she was only going to have one right. and you know this and that and blah 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 i ate like a pig can you believe this i'm a terrible role model for my kids i know yeah. my husband's disgusted with me i don't blame him and yeah. he is just like like he said, I was like wondering how an extra slice of pizza could trigger such a character assassination. <laughs> I I remember reading that and I chuckled out loud. You know, so it's a, leading her to question her suitability as a parent and spouse. Right? Like when you when someone says that back to you. Mm-hmm. I think that most people would be like, that is the most ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. But when your mindset is in that, that rage within itself and it's just ranting and rambling, it's just it sounds perfectly, It sounds perfectly reasonable in your head. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then and then and then went through the rest of her week, and the rest of the week she was bang on. You know, yeah. Did you exercise? Yeah, I planned to do this. I ate well because I planned my meals. He's like, so you're gonna let one piece of pizza color the whole week? You know, it's 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 ludicrous. It really is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) absolutely. And yet, you know, and yet we do it. Do it. it. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So the second chapter is mindset shift number two. And that one is I see setbacks as proof I've blown it. We have to shift that to I see setbacks as opportunities to refocus. And what was interesting in this one, in this chapter for me, is he talks about four different thinking styles. Mm. And one of them is a thinking style that we talk about at WW and in WW workshops all the time. But the other ones I don't think we talk about quite as specifically and I was really interested in them because when I read them I was like I'm not even really sure that I know what that strategy or like what that thinking strategy is like like what what is that so I thought that was really fun so so the first thinking style that is they're all unhelpful thinking styles so the first one is the all or nothing right? The all or none thinking. And this is the one that we talk about at WW workshops all the time, because so many of us, myself included 100%. um, And there I am again, going into an all situation, 100% all, but but this is me (laughs) that, that I, that I really think in terms of all or nothing. And so I have been that person like the woman who ate the extra, who ate an extra slice of pizza and like, her life was over, you know, like, yeah. like that sort of thinking really has and continues to exist for me. And so really recognizing that perfectionism isn't attainable, it's not actually realistic, and that it's impossible to be all 
it's also pretty impossible to be none that we are all some along the way and and that that's yeah. where we're supposed to be and that's okay yeah so um so i thought that was really you know a helpful reminder but then the other three were unhelpful thinking styles that i hadn't necessarily thought of exactly in the way that he was talking about it yeah so unhelpful thinking style number one all or none yeah unhelpful thinking style number two a negative filter this so this is something that i think we do we had talked about this with in workshops but and we have many, but we've never named it that no you're right because we how often would someone be like oh you know well i'm i'm down this much but i still have this much to go hmm. i did this but blah 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 blah, blah. Mm -hmm. and it's like it's just accept if it's a compliment accept the compliment mm -hmm. at don't go with the but you know, because that's when you're putting the negative filter on it. It's it's almost like you don't you're but it, it I think it's you're uncomfortable with accepting the progress that you've made. Mm -hmm. And because of past experiences, you mm -hmm. are throwing it out there be, so that people like that you you know and that other people know that you know that you still have a long way to go. Mm that you should have done something differently. It should have been all the time. Instead of only five days, you should have done it seven days. So I wonder yeah. if if that's if that's where that negative thinking comes from is mm. almost like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a protection almost for yourself. Yeah. So that if things don't continue to go well or if things don't go the way that you hope they go that you've already sort of prepped yourself and the people around you for that eventuality uh, yeah. yeah yeah and 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 you know what I find is actually when just thinking about it is because I I often set myself up for with things with an option b only because that work has always worked really well for me to mm -hmm. know that, okay, this is what the plan is, but there are a lot of things that in the past have happened, or I need to have another option ready and thought through for myself so that I'm okay. If this doesn't happen, okay, then we'll just do this rather than to be caught off guard. And mm -hmm. so this is, that's similar mm -hmm. to that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the trouble, the real trouble with this negative filter is that you don't allow yourself to really yeah. revel in the success because you're, you're always focused on the, like you said, like on the, but, or on the, what didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, these are, I think that as people read this, that they may recognize behaviors or patterns that they've gotten themselves into without really knowing that they have. Yes. You know, it's always become, it's just become who they are and the way that they communicate. Mm -hmm. And 
and hope, yeah, and hopefully that they will be, I don't know, as mind, as mind, it's not mind blowing, but it's like <laughs> eye opening. Eye opening, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This next negative one I loved once makes always. I mean, this is the one, this is the one that spoke to me and I wasn't like, you're saying you're hoping people would read it and yeah. like notice things like this is the one that spoke to me that I wasn't anticipating yeah. being a thing for me. But this was, this was the one because mm. this one is once makes always unhelpful <laughs> thought pattern number three. And so this is the idea that when something happens once, we expect that that is how it will happen always. <laughs> and, and so we, we, uh, there's, a, there's an, there's an episode, like one little thing happens and we build that into this permanent situation. Yeah. And, you know, and it's the idea of using words like always, never, forever, like all of those, like all of those sureties, right? Yes. That it's like, okay, so like one time I gained weight, it doesn't mean that I am destined to gain weight. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. like one time I, you know, um, you know, whatever it might be, I, I had you know, I had that extra slice of pizza. Like it doesn't mean that every time pizza is put in front of me, I'm always going to have an extra slice of pizza. I mean, you know, it's almost like you're, you're creating this self-fulfilling prophecy for yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but I mean, you also can use it with like, well, once, you know, I, I, I've, oh, I've tried to lose weight before. Mm -hmm. and it never works for me. Mm -hmm. It, you know, yeah. it, it never works. So you tried it once and it never works. Mm -hmm. So it's the, you know, once makes always. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so tried it once and it didn't work. Doesn't mean it never works. Yeah. And like, also like when you're thinking about, you know, when you're thinking about like losing weight, for example, like I tried to lose weight. Well, I mean, so I tried to lose weight once. Like I even think like, so I'm one of those people who the only way I ever tried to lose weight was with WW and I did it several times, but it was always with WW. I didn't do, I'm not a person who did South beach and Dr. Bernstein and like, yeah. I, and Atkins. And I didn't do all of those things. I I've only ever done WW and so it would be easy for me to say, oh, I tried WW once and it didn't work. Yeah. But I tried WW once when I was 18 and this was my scenario and this was my situation and this was what was happening in my life. That's different from I tried it again at 28. Yeah. That's different from I tried it again at 31. Like, you know, like every, like it's different from I got serious this past June and was like, you got to take these 30 pounds off, you know, like, yeah. like it's, it, it's not a matter of I tried it once and it didn't work because in fact it worked all of those times. Right. It stopped working when I stopped doing it, you yeah. know, yeah. so, but also it's worked differently each time. Yeah. But it's worked differently each time because I've been different each time. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, this this 
once makes always. I mean, sounded like something Stefaru has said or will say. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds exactly like a phrase that would come from her mouth. Yeah. And then the fourth and last one, this is our last um, unhelpful thinking habit, is the don't worry, be happy. Yes. <laughs> and I love this one. And this is not me at all. No. But this is a lot of people. It is. And this is the idea like, oh, I'll just, oh, I'll just do better. Oh, I'll just yeah. work hard. And like, and this one, like, this is my students. Like, <laughs> so like, well, how, you know, like, like, have they have no like you know a, a particular student has no idea how to do a concept that we've been working on in math for two yeah. weeks and we've done all these different things and tried worked in groups worked by ourselves did homework did classwork did you know, blah blah like has no idea how to do it and so then the question is like like how are you going to set yourself up for success like with the next unit oh, oh i'll just try harder <laughs> <laughs> That's not a plan. <laughs> yeah. Like that's don't worry, be happy. Like that's just that's it's fine. I'll just try harder. Like uh no. <laughs> yeah. And and so what I liked about this one was that he said, you know, that this don't worry be happy way of thinking like, oh, it's fine, like I'll just do better next time. It masquerades as self-compassion. Yes. Because it can be like, oh, but this is the way that I'm like, you know, not getting down on myself for whatever happened. But like, yeah. it's not actually under, and that's where that self-understanding piece comes back into play, right? It's not understanding the situation. It's just sort yeah. of like brushing it off. Well, this is where, and which is in this chapter is my favorite. Once, once I saw him and heard him speak and say this, it's like the reality check. Yeah. What are the facts here? <laughs> the facts are you haven't put the work in you're not going to get the result that you want those right. are the facts you right. know but there's also the facts where you know the character assassination like what are the facts here you ate one more piece of pizza what does a piece of pizza have to do with the kind of parent you are yes. it has absolutely nothing to do with it no no so the <laughs> The whole fact check, I, I often now use that to work through a situation where I'm allowing myself, to, my mind to get too wrapped up in stuff. It's like, what exactly are the facts? Like, what do we know for sure? And what am I just making up in my head? Sometimes I'm, it's, it's very easy for me to, to differentiate. Other times... Not so much, mm -hmm. but I, but I have a, on a sticky note here, something that I read, thoughts are not fact. Mm -hmm. I think actually in the book where he's written that it's in bold. <laughs> to, and it says to repeat. To repeat. Thoughts, thoughts are, not, thoughts are fact. not fact. Yeah. Okay. Message received. I love that. I like, love I that. feel like this should be tattooed on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> on one arm, dare greatly. On the other, yes. thoughts are not facts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, shift one and two. 
um, a really hearty discussion, Sandy. I really, I'm so pleased that like we've scheduled it so that we are reading it at exactly the same time. No yeah. one's getting ahead. No one's falling behind and we're talking about it fresh. So I feel like this is really good. And we're going to do the same for the next, uh, the next couple of shifts for next week. And then yep. the last ones for the, for the third week. And Ooh. so I feel like hopefully people aren't going to be like, you know, in a, in a Dr. Foster overload. But yeah. I mean, if you don't already love this man, you need to get on board. Yes. And even for those people that listen, that are not, that don't know us through WW, like you, we didn't meet you in those situations. I mean, the, these, this, the shifting of the mindset is something that is applicable to every single aspect of our life when we think about it and and apply it to those things we can absolutely see where those connections are um that's something for myself that you know really the last couple of years is when i really understand that oh yeah but this also applies here he applies here Mm -hmm. and i think that it's also i've noticed because of being around different people from different parts of the world with different life experiences that this type of conversation actually comes up and it's really neat to listen to other people, but it also allows you to think, okay, well, I'm not just reading a bunch of books on this stuff and then I've kind of brainwashed myself into believing that this is the way it is, but you hear other people who are also applying the same types of, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, I don't know, help to their yeah. life, you know, like yeah. the, the, the guidelines. The, and yes. Thank you. Thinking I was like, strategies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that my, po- my perimenopausal pausal brain fog will end. I just can't wait until you can no longer use that as an excuse. <laughs> 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 but I have a sense that by the time by the reality check the the situation by the time you can't use that as an excuse anymore, I'm gonna start. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> oh my goodness me! Well, to those of you who are still listening to us, uh, <laughs> we really appreciate it. And uh, if you haven't. If you if you're at all interested in reading along with us, uh, you know, get yourself a copy of Dr. Gary Foster's The Shift. If you're not at all interested in reading along with us and you just want to hear us banter, I mean, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> just Absolutely. just subscribe to us and and you know listen to us uh, give you give you the breakdown. <laughs> yeah, for free. I it doesn't get any easier than that, does it? Oh, it does. <laughs> a delight as usual. Always, always a delight, honey. Um, And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, And have a great week. And we will catch you later.